It's time for Supply Chain Now. Broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia. Heard around the world, Supply Chain Now spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton and Greg White back with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's episode. Greg, how you doing? I am doing great. It's been a great week and day, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we're up to now. We've got a great conversation teed up. Uh, we'll introduce our guests momentarily, but today's episode, we're continuing our Logistics with Purpose series, powered by our dear friends over at Vector Global Logistics. And this show, Greg, is all about folks that are changing the world in some way, shape, or form, you know? Quickly, it's become one of our favorite series, right? There's been some really endearing and some invigorating stories come out of this. So I think this episode is going to continue in that regard. Quick programming note, if you enjoyed today's episode, do check us out wherever you get your podcast from. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. All right, so Greg, let's dive right in. Uh, let's welcome in our, our esteemed co-host for today's segment, uh, Valeria Hernandez with Vector. Hello, Valeria. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Great to see you. I really have enjoyed our, our warm-up conversation. And, of course, we're big fans of what Vector does, so especially our work together on this series. Now, Valeria Gregg has brought a special guest to today's show. We have got Melanie York, Export Manager with White House and Shapiro. Melanie, how you doing? I'm well. I'm doing well. All right. So for starters, Melanie, tell us about yourself. You know, where, where you're from? Give us a story from your upbringing. Right. So I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. That's where I am now. Grew up here, and when I was 23, I went and lived in New York City, studied art history, worked in the art world. When the art market crashed, I went and worked for an art book distributor. So people were still buying art books. People were still interested in art but couldn't afford art, buying art books. Small little catalogs, museum catalogs, but then they published a book on models. And that book flew and became global. <laughs> that book, so that book opened up a Japanese market, which then opened us up to selling them other photography books. So I became, so I was a sales, I was in sales, but then I was in charge of exports to Japan, Germany, England, and Australia. So hey, Melanie, real quick, are you an art lover? I still do love art, yes. What's your favorite type of art or artist? I don't um, pigeonhole. I, I, I just love pretty things, but I am a <laughs> snob about it. <laughs> I love that, Melanie. I love that. All right, so we're going to shift gears here. Uh, and Valeria, we're curious about her journey, right? Yeah. Uh, Melanie, uh, tell us, please, about your role in your professional journey. So when I was in New York, I would go to the warehouse. I would visit the warehouse, would work with the warehouse workers, saw the inventory, and then the circumstances brought me to Baltimore, back to Baltimore. I came to work at a warehouse that bought used books from different mm. Goodwill, Salvation Armies, missions, used books by the truckload. I was the logistics manager arranging all the trucks to their warehouse in Toledo, Ohio. So that started me off with working with, with charity suppliers So mm. and seeing the important role that this offers to, that this money offers to them 
to have to be able to maintain their programs and continue their soup kitchens and their food drives. It's also big money also at the end. So also it seems like that was your one of your first forays into recycled goods, right? Correct. And where you know just because the first owner of a book, you know, is done with it many more folks could enjoy that same book, right? So right, to see the story of a, of a book travel. So then um, when I left that company, I went to work with White House and Shapiro because I was familiar with them because they were also buying books from our suppliers. And mm. when I started, Bill Shapiro was alive and working and he um, was leaving the organization and he would always talk about there's a book, Travels of a T-shirt. And it's about a T-shirt that was made in China and it mm. followed it around the world through the whole chain. So when I started there, I was just doing um, over-the-road trucking and working with many of the same Goodwills and Salvation Armies and then sending them to warehouses in Houston and Miami. And then I grew up and grew in the organization, and now I'm in charge of exports. And so you were managing uh, the shipping across over-the-road trucking, Correct. right? Okay. Right. And now how long have you been at the organization and group? Seven years now. And one last question before we turn over to Greg. Bill Piero, I don't think, is, is no longer with you. Passed away last August. Okay. And he founded the organization. And It's a family organization. It was a family-run business. It's, I believe, four generations now. So it was his grandfather and his father were in the business. Mm. And now his nephew, Brian London, has taken over. And he's expanded it globally, trifold, pretty much. All right. Well, I appreciate you, that clarification. Wow. So, Greg, let's dive more into the organization. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what the company does. You shared a little bit with us, at least when you started, but it sounds like that's expanded quite a bit. So, um, sadly, with um, the pandemic right now, our shipments to Chile, which is how I work with Vector, have come to a halt, which is terribly sad and horrible. We, at one point, before the pandemic, we were doing maybe eight shipments a week with Vector into Chile. So we, we supply all of their used clothing stores and their toy stores. We supply them with toy, used toys, clothing, accessories, belts and purses, bric-a-brac, which is all of your knickknacks that you have in your house. Right. <laughs> tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah. And tchotchkes go for, you know, and then it's all, we sell it all by the pound. Buy it by the pound and sell it by the pound. Melanie, have you rerouted some of these goods? If we're holding on to a lot of goods right now. Okay. Pakistan just opened up, so but they just take clothing and maybe some shoes. We ship a lot to Nicaragua. We supply a, a thrift store chain there. What we send to Pakistan, it usually goes, it may end up in Africa, but we don't, right now we're not currently shipping directly to Africa. But one thing I, I forgot to say is that my father, and I had no intentions of following in his footsteps, he was an export manager as well. For Shapiro, really? for Shapiro and Sons, a different company oh. in Baltimore, who now I'm working with. Yes, it's all this, yeah. right? It's a small world. So you've shared with us kind of the run-up to the show, and it's interesting when you define a role or give it a title, how sometimes that's just a small portion of what's done. Tell us a little bit. We know you're the export manager, but tell us about what all you do. And you've A lot of customer service. So when the suppliers call me, I have to know everything that the suppliers have to ship that week. And then I work with my boss to figure out which, which customers we're going to send it to. We're going to allot the loads. Then I reach out to the forwarder and I get my bookings. Then I set up the drayage. Then I do the invoicing. I get the invoicing and then I complete the loads. I'll submit the information back to the forwarder. 
but also there's customer service in between with the supplier and with the forwarder. A lot of back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> Melanie, way back when, I think it was my first role in manufacturing 15 years ago, most of what I managed kind of in a similar role that you had was all domestic. And then occasionally we had to ship stuff and get stuff across the border from Canada. And those were some of my longest days because of the, of the customs issues and some right. other things. I can't imagine, especially with all the countries you're involved with, you know, all the problem solving and firefighting you probably do just to get stuff where it needs to go, right? One of the biggest snafus that happened last year had two bookings off by one number. One container was intended for Karachi and one was going to Chile and they got swapped. Oh, no. And they ended up in Dominican Republic where they had to wait for many days until we could figure out how to divert them. The carrier felt horrible. We had to deduct the money. We deduct it from him. It was ugly. And there was nothing I could, could have done. I couldn't have stopped it. I got a quick question that might help some of our folks who aren't as familiar with logistics and transportation. One, if you could describe mm -hmm. drayage for folks, and two, share a little bit about how you and the folks at Vector work together, you know, and how they help you through this process. Drayage is just inland trucking in an intermodal container from the shipper to the port. So the shipper has to get the, an empty container from the port and then return it back to the port. With Valeria, also with Chile, which com complicates matters a little, is that all of the containers for certain items require fumigation. So that's a real mm. hassle <laughs> because <laughs> you have to hold the wow. container for several days in a yard. It takes 24 hours for fumigation. Certain cities don't have fumigators. You have to find out how to get the fumigator there. Uh, so with Vector, they set up the fumigation. Sometimes they'll set up. So there's a difference between port bookings and door bookings. Sometimes they'll do a door booking where they take care of all the shipping, everything from dock to door. Or sometimes I'll work with them and I'll, I'll do the drayage. I'll do the trucking. So we're just constantly in touch with the deadlines too. When there's a port cut and if you miss the port cut, and then the container sits there for days and accumulates to merge. I have to ask this question now then. Have you two ever actually met in person? No, oh, this is it. <laughs> that's, that's incredible because you were talking about having texted and communicated with one another a lot of ways. Wow, that's cool. I'm glad we got to do this. Valeria, I'm impressed that y'all go the extra mile and, and work with the fumigators. I didn't realize that was part of the activities y'all get involved in. Yes, everything that goes to, to Chile that is used, it has to be fumigated. So we coordinate everything to make this happen. It takes uh, 24 hours to be fumigated, but, well, Melanie also helps us a lot with this. Larry, I know you particularly and everyone at Vector are big fans of White House and Shapiro's. Tell us a little bit about, you know, why you wanted to share them with the Logistics with Purpose series and what you see that's so special about what they're doing. Okay, yes, I think we choose Melanie because she's one of the biggest shippers that we work with. We work together from different places, from Cleveland, Baltimore, Philadelphia. They are always uh, shipping with us many containers. Sometimes, uh, actually, we move 10 containers per week. She's always 
um, helping us with all the information. She's very nice. So I think that is one of the most important things to work with someone that is open to help, to work. It's easy for us to work with someone like Melanie. So we admire him. We really like to work with her, with her company. That's the reason. And it seems like there's a, a noble mission element, Melanie, to what you yeah. and your organization does, right? I mean, sure, because first off, starting with the supplier, when I said with the charity, we're helping them maintain their budget, improve their budget, get rid of the goods. It's, they're not ending up in the landfill, which is key. And then once, once it gets to the other countries, then it's helping their economy. Love that. We're helping them sell, their, sell goods. I mean, there's even stories of they would have parties in Africa when a, when a bale of clothing would arrive. They would have a big party to auction and sell it all off. That brings imagery to minds. I mean, that's the, the power of logistics, the power of supply chain. So I appreciate what you do. It's got to be really rewarding, Melanie. I mean, to be a part of that and be able to make that happen and get rid of the obstacles and the problems that get in the way of those types of, cele I mean, frankly, celebrations uh, around the world, that's got to be a rewarding day. Yeah, it is. For the most part. <laughs> well, and lots of headaches, I'm sure. There's lots of headaches as well, too. So, Melanie, Valeria and I were talking kind of prior to the show. We, we love asking our guests kind of beyond, more broadly, you know, what, what's an issue or a topic or a challenge or two that you're really tracking more than others right now? I think right now, because of the pandemic, it's really hard to see when, when things are going to open up. Right now, I can't imagine how many containers are sitting in Chile not being unloaded. And now we've stopped picking up in Pakistan how many containers are already sitting there waiting to be unloaded and then how long they're going to sit at the port to be unloaded. For a while, there was a container shortage because containers weren't coming back from overseas. That seems to have loosened up some. I think just the question of what the world's going to look like. Visibility has been all the rage for years, right, in supply chain, across in the end supply chain. And what you described there, at least to me, Melanie, I think of, of the lack of certainty and the lack of visibility. And, uh, and that's just in current operations, right, where things are today. And then you apply that same level of uncertainty and lack of visibility to where we're headed. There is a lot of concern, and a lot, a lot of folks are trying to figure that out together. So, Valeria, what does that, I mean, kind of hearing that, and, and, and as you think about other customers or the industry, are you seeing a lot of that same, you know, uncertainty out there? Yeah, totally. It's been like one month ago that we're ha having some issues because of the pandemic. I'm in charge of all the experts going to Chile, but there the virus is extremely bad. So right now our clients in Chile are asking to not ship anymore. So that's of course a, a problem that all the warehouses have the emergency there in hold, so that's a big problem, but we have to push more and to see where else we can ship and how we can help our clients, of course. Of course, we have to call them to send emails to see if we can help in some way. All right, so Greg, as, as we start to, to wrap up the interview, I know we want to make sure folks can get connected, right? Yeah, Melanie, tell us a little bit about how folks can find White House and Shapiro or maybe even connect with you? So our website is www.webuyrags.com. We also sell rags, but webuyrags.com. We're always looking for new suppliers and new buyers. 
so they can find me through webuyrags.com. I want to say something about Vector. I, I did get the chance to meet Enrique. Enrique came to visit me one day, and their philosophy for their employees and their business model is fascinating. It's really great. Valerie, can you talk more about how you all have the, have the structure to do what you want and still work? Love that. I love that. True. What, it is a certain philosophy. One of the biggest values in Vector is to take care of people. So we, are, we really want to always help people. We are taking care of give what we can give and what we have. Also, we are mm, helping to Africa, to Ghana. Uh, Vector is sending containers there. We also, in this moment that we are having the virus, we are importing from China uh, masks, tests for the COVID. We are really committed to help people. That's our biggest value, always to help. Also, we are a company that we like to be different. We like to prove that we are based on results. We are a big team that we are uh, based in three different countries, Chile, USA, and Mexico. We are really committed to, to show the results that we have. We are happy to be here. Well, I'm totally happy. I'm proud to be in Vector. Love that. And, you know, uh, Melanie, one of the things you were alluding to, I believe, was the culture where they, they do have a lot of latitude. You know, because this is a 24-7 type of industry we're in, you know, having the latitude to contribute and, and the freedom to get the job done, you know, whatever it takes, while enjoying, as you heard there from Valeria, enjoying the role and the company and, and working with the customers. So I think it is, a, to your point, Melanie, it is a unique organization. And of course, as this whole series is based on, it's about changing the world and doing so where that's not lip service, but you see it played out in the actions, which is really important. Yeah, I, well, you know, we see that in person all the time, right? Our first studio was in the Vector corporate office. So we got to see it all day long. And, and we know Enrique from even before we were intimately involved with Vector and got to see the culture. And you can see that the culture comes from the kind of person that Enrique is. And clearly he's instilled that in everyone on the team. Valeria just said it better than we can, um, better than Enrique does sometimes. Uh, and that's also a clear indicator of a strong culture is when everyone can communicate it. And that's one of the things we just really admire about it. They give with every single transaction, right? Every country has their specific philanthropy that they give to for every shipment. You know, we, we kind of coined this phrase, give forward, right? Some people give back. They do their business first. And then when they get a chance, they give. This company, and much like yours, Melanie, give first. And, you know, that's this whole give forward concept is how we've distinguished companies to do that. And we're happy to be working with the folks at Vector. All right. So we invite our audience, of course, to check out Melanie York, Export Manager at White House and Shapiro. WeBuyRags.com. I love that simple URL. I'm sure there's plenty of ways that companies can uh, do business with and support the great work they're doing based in, and, and the whole company's based in Baltimore. I know y'all do work internationally, but the company's based in Baltimore. Right. Just got a new warehouse in Hanover, Maryland. It's a huge warehouse. I don't know the square footage. But Outstanding. 
Well, a pleasure, Melanie, for you being on the show here today. I love your story. Thank you for having me. Uh, and we're going to wrap up here momentarily. But big thanks to Melanie York, Export Manager with White House and Shapiro. Big thanks, of course, to Valeria Hernandez and the whole Vector Global Logistics team. I love the good work they're doing. Greg, great show. A pleasure, as always. Yeah. And yeah. you bet. Great to Great to meet you. Yeah, this is a great Logistics with Purpose series. Uh, to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as Greg shared, you know, we encourage you to give forward, you know, seek out organizations like the ones right here that, are, that continue to do uh, incredible work in these challenging times we have. And check out a variety of resources, including podcasts, live streams, webinars, you name it, on similar content at SupplyChainNowRadio.com. And we will see you next time here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.